Napa know-how. Just in time for the holidays, select Craftsman tools are now available at Napa. Celebrate with a Craftsman 20-volt cordless impact wrench kit for just $149.99. It's the perfect gift for everyone in your list, even you. So get great savings on select Craftsman tools, now available at your local Napa store. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, while supplies last. Offer ends 12-31-19. From the host of the Geeky Retro Nerd Show podcast, the only podcast to be named by Mr. Mark Hamill himself, this is Journals of the Jedi, a Star Wars podcast. Hi, hello, how are you doing? My name is Adam, host of the Geeky Retro Nerd Show. Welcome to Journals of the Jedi. I am honoured by your presence. And if you're looking for any Star Wars merchandise, I suggest you shuttle on over to truffleshuffle.com where they have got loads of Star Wars stuff. Um, And I've bought loads of stuff from there, in particular the T-shirts. And if you use my exclusive discount code, GRNS15, GRNS15, you get a 15% discount off a spend of £25 or more. And that comes with international shipment so everybody can get involved. So there you go. Top stuff, top deals from truffleshuffle.com. On with the episode, I'm continuing with the look at each year in the history of Star Wars. And we have made it to 1978. And again, another massive year in the history of this fantastic uh, franchise. And, and, and obviously, it's the year after the release of the movie that just changed the world, didn't it? It changed so many different things. It changed the way we look at movies. It changed the way movies are made. It, it spawned a generation of incredible uh, and inspired a generation of incredible movie makers. Um, and loads of stuff going on in 1978. A lot more than I thought actually when I was when I was uh, researching this. Uh, and once again, I'm uh, my reference point for all of this is the incredible Star Wars year by year a visual history book, which is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So let's start as usual with the top ten grossing movies from 1978 in the US. So at number 10, we have Halloween, classic, $47 million. Number 9, The Deer Hunter, 48, nearly $49 million. Number 8, Revenge of the Pink Panther, $49.5 million. Number 7, Jaws 2, $77 million. Number 6, Hooper, $78 million. Number 5, Heaven Can Wait, $81.5 million. Number 4, Every Which Way But Loose, just over $85 million. Number three, Animal House, $120 million. Number two, no, can't be. 
Number two, Superman, just over $134 million. Do you know what the number one grossing movie was in 1978? I'll tell you later on. <laughs> so the top 10 singles in the UK are... Matchstick Men and Matchdog Cats and Dogs at number 10 with Brian and Michael. Number 9, Take a Chance on Me, ABBA. Number 8, Rat Trap, The Boomtown Rats. Number 7, Night Fever by the Bee Gees. Number 6, Mary's Boy Child, Oh My Lord, Boney M. Number 5, The Smurf Song, Father Abraham and the Smurfs. Number 4, Three Times a Lady, The Commodores. Number 3, Summer Nights, Olivia... Uh, Newton-John and John Travolta Number 2, You're the One That I Want Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta And number 1, Rivers of Babylon Brown Girl in the Ring, Boney M So 1978 um, After considering a number of potential directors For the next Star Wars movie Lucas enlists Irvin Kirshner Of course, Irvin Kirshner Who did such a great job of Empire Strikes Back It's, it's one of the great sequels i think but i'm not going to talk too much about empire strikes back just yet <laughs> that obviously doesn't come out in 1980 which is also the year yours truly was born so what a tremendous year 1980 was back in 1978 so lucas enlists irvin kirshner in early 1978 so plans are already afoot how could they not be how could they not be thinking right we've got to do some more here we've got to do something else uh, Kirshner is 54 years old and has never directed a big visual effects movie. But Lucas ad, uh, admires his work um, and, you know, obviously he got the gig. He got to do it. And there's a good quote here from Irvin Kirshner. And it says, I told George the only way I do the film is if I felt I could top the first one. And George Lucas laughed and said, that's why I want you to do it. <laughs> So I think what he's saying there is George Lucas felt he couldn't top the first one. So that's a, 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 a massive vote of confidence for Irvin Kirshner, isn't it? So what else was happening in 1978? Some big news there about Irvin Kirshner. Now, January 1978, some more big news. Remember in the last episode when I was talking about, um, you know, they hadn't done any toys. There was no toy line. So they sold the early bird package, which was like an IOU <laughs> towards the end of 1977. IOU, some Star Wars toys. Well, the toy buyers who took advantage of that kind of early bird uh, deal start receiving the figures. And the ones they get, it's the, the, the first four that come out is Luke Skywalker with a double telescoping lightsaber which is incredibly rare. I think shortly after that, they stopped making the double extending or double telescope and lightsaber. There's a Princess Leia, Chewbacca with a greenish coloured bowcaster, and R2-D2, along with the plastic foot, peg, foot pegs that allowed you to stand them up and put them in the um, card display that came with the early bird uh, package. So that must have been exciting kids didn't have long to wait did they so towards the end of 1977 you know it was groundbreaking at the time i don't think it's ever been done again if you give a kid now a piece of cardboard to be like is that it <laughs> where's my toys give me my toys um 
but again, Star Wars was was never seen anything like this before. I imagine that they never thought really of getting the toy line in on time because there was nothing like this before. And the reason this early bird off has never happened again is probably because they've, they've learned from that. <laughs> if you're going to make a big budget movie or you expect it to be a massive success, best make some toys. So yeah, exciting time for the kids getting those toys. I didn't have them. Well, I couldn't have them. I wasn't born. <laughs> but I've never, I've never had them in my possession. And anybody that has them, I'm very, very jealous. Um, so also early in 1978, February, uh, Lee Brackett completes her first draft of a script titled Star Wars Sequel from the Adventures of Luke Skywalker. Although her script is uh, superficially faithful to Lucas's story treatment, Lucas found the dialogue and actions of the characters inconsistent with his vision of Star Wars. Uh, and more on that, uh, and more on Lee Brackett actually, in a second. Uh, because also in February, at the Grammy Awards, February 23rd to be exact, uh, John Williams, John Williams. I mean, what, what would Star Wars be without John Williams' score? It definitely wouldn't be as good, would it? Definitely wouldn't be as good. Um, he won three Grammy Awards for the Star Wars soundtrack, and those were for Best Instrumental Composition, and that was for the main title from Star Wars. Best Original Score, written for a motion picture or a television special. And Best Pop Instrumental Performance. So there you go. Well done, John. Many, many, many more uh, won since, I am sure. What else? So in March, here we go. In March, the first proper retail figures from Star Wars start landing and they go on sale in stores and there's 12 there's 12 up for grabs and um apart from r2d2 the posable figures are 9.5 centimeters or three and a three and a quarter inches tall um, which you know was smaller than things like gi joe at the time by the year's end listen to this by the year's end kenner sells more than 42 million Star Wars toys. 42 million. Now, you know, like I said before, this was this was unprecedented. This, this was never seen before. So that in itself is enough to make people sit up and take notice. You know, a massive, massive money spinner. Aside from the film, you know, cont continuing the buzz from the movie um, in the years ahead through the toy lane. And as we know, kids went absolutely crackers for them. 42 million by the end of 1978. So those 12 figures were Luke Skywalker, C-3PO, R2-D2, Jawa, Princess Leia, uh, who's got a snazzy uh, jacket on there, Han Solo, Ben Kenobi, who also has a snazzy long coat on, the Sand People, Chewbacca, Darth Vader, of course, a Death Squad commander, and a Stormtrooper. Did you have any of these figures? If you do, get to me on Twitter, at GeekyRetroNerds, and let us know. Have you still got them? Did you have them and then you sold them? How much did you get? <laughs> I want to know. I want to know how much you sold them for. Um, and also in March, Kenner offered an update 
to the cardboard display that came with the early bird offer. It was a more uh, robust plastic action collector stand, uh, more substantial than the cardboard one. Uh, and the stand has miniature turntables for those 12 figures. So you would plant that feet in and the, you could spin them around for display purposes. So again, exciting time in March for kids. I mean, they would have been queuing down the street, I bet you. Um, so uh, Also in March, sorry, um, an incredible book. I've read this book came out it's really good splinter of the mind's eye and it and it was by del rey um and they published it a novel by alan dean foster based on story discussions with lucas and it was actually written while star wars was still in production um splinter features luke leia c3po and r2d2 in in an adventure that leads to a devastating encounter with darth vader on a jungle world. Interesting. The story also reveals that Luke can swim. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> Luke, Luke can swim, but Leia cannot. Starlog magazine notes that Foster's Star Wars contract allows Splinter to be filmed in the future, perhaps as one of the nine planned sequels to the original film. Hmm. Notably absent from the story is Han Solo because Harrison Ford, unlike Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher, is not already contracted for sequels. So it's incredible, isn't it? I find this kind of stuff really interesting. You've got Del Rey and Alan Dean Foster producing this book while Star Wars is still in production. Harrison Ford isn't signed up. So, OK, we're going to do a story that doesn't have uh, Han Solo in it. That's not a problem. Um uh, and he goes on to write a book uh, that w- with the possibility of it being filmed in the future as one of the nine planned sequels of Star Wars. Fantastic. Um, on a much, much sadder note, unfortunately, on March the 18th, um, script li- uh, scriptwriter Lee Brackett that I mentioned before uh, unfortunately died of cancer. That was on March the 18th. What a shame. Um, on to April. Now, this is interesting. The So, I mentioned before about the 12 figures that came out. Um, and one of them was the Jawa. Um, Kenna released uh, the Jawa action figure with a vinyl cape. However, later on, they decided that the Jawa will have more sales appeal with a cloth cape. So it came out with a vinyl. It changed to a cloth. So the the original Jawa uh, vinyl caped or cloaked figures are incredibly hard to find. They are so, so rare. Even more rare is a carded Jawa figure with a vinyl cloak. I had a quick online look online before to see if I could see if there was any for sale. I found one on eBay, carded for $14,300. That's a lot of, that's a lot of cheese. <laughs> that's a lot for a Star Wars figure, isn't it? Um, and, and you know, if, I'd be, I'd be kicking myself <laughs> now if I'd had one of them 
But, you know, at the time, nobody knows, do they? Nobody knew what was going to happen later, and nobody knew they were going to be co become collector's items. You, you know that now because of Star Wars, because of this kind of thing. I, 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 I buy stuff now, and I think to myself, do I really want to open this? Am I, am I going to keep it for later on? But I only know that because of Star Wars. Back then, you didn't really know. And, of course, they're made to be played with. Open it up and play with it. Go for it. <laughs> but I bet there's plenty of people going, oh, I had one of them. I had one of them. And my mum gave it away in a jumble sale <laughs> to the scouts. <laughs> oh, better luck next time. Also in April of 1978 was the, the 50th Academy Awards. Um, and Star Wars, this is on April the 3rd, Star Wars was nominated for a fair few. And it won a couple. Um, it was presented, it was hosted by Bob Hope, actually. So these these are the nominations. It was nominated for Best Picture, uh, which it didn't win. Best Director, which it didn't win. Best Supporting Actor for Alec Guinness, which it didn't win. Best Original Screenplay, didn't win. Um, Best Music, Original Score, did win. John Williams, bingo. Best Editing, yes. Marcia Lucas, Paul Hirsch and Richard Chu. Brilliant. Best visual effects. Again, winner. John Steers, John Dijkstra, Richard Edlund, Grant McCune. Uh, best costume design. Yes, winner. John Mollo. Best art direction. Yes, winner. John Barry. Best sound. Don McDougall, Ray West, Bob Minkler and Derek Ball. Yes, all winners. So, a little disappointing that it didn't get um, best picture that year. Um, I'll try and find out which one did win Best Picture that year. Um, also, I dare say George Lucas would be a bit um, uh, upset that he didn't win Best Director. That's a shame, but there you go. April the 4th, the day after the Academy Awards. Busy time. <laughs> really busy uh, stuff happening. Uh, so people are always on the go. Uh, April the 4th, day after the 50th Academy Awards, Irvin Kirshner, producer Gary Kurtz, and associate, associate producer Robert Watts, also production designer Norman Reynolds, and executive producer George Lucas and John Barry, who remained as a consultant, have a general meeting in LA. And what they're doing is they're reviewing photographs of possible locations for the worlds of the sequel and agree that the treeless expanses of Fins in Norway are ideal for the ice planet Hoth. And there's a photograph here in in the book of Fins. And, well, you know what you know what the photograph looks like because you've seen the movie Empire Strikes Back. And um, it's amazing, isn't it, that the, that landscape for the opening of Empire Strikes Back. So I'm I'm glad the I'm glad they're stuck to using fins. What else is happening? Well, in May, um something that might be a major scandal these days. That if, if this happened today, that Twitter would go into meltdown. <laughs> There's a continuity gaffe. Because on May the twenty third Marvel Star Wars number 15, which has a cover date of October, revealed that Luke Skywalker can't swim, 
but Princess Leia can, which contradicts the novel Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which I mentioned just before. So that novel said that Luke could swim, but Princess Leia uh, couldn't. Well, it's the other way around in the edition of this comic. And in subsequent Star Wars comics letter columns, fans note the discrepancy possibly the first true gaff in the embryonic expanded universe now imagine that happened today i'm on twitter a lot i've, I've got just over five thousand followers on twitter and um a lot of the chat i see is about star wars and um uh, put it this way if if this had happened then there'd be people outside lucasfilm with pitchforks demanding demanding somebody from story group's head on a stick <laughs> you know i mean we're, we're a great community the star wars fans you know it's brilliant um people are really passionate star wars fans are really passionate aren't they um and but anything like this goes down not terribly well <laughs> so i wonder i wonder how they dealt with that at the time interesting um, also in May, it's the first birthday of Star Wars, and there's a, a poster released um, because you know it's one year old, but still being shown in theaters around the world. It's still being shown one year later. Uh, to commemorate the occasion, a special poster receives a very limited distribution to select the theatres and media and you've definitely seen this poster before you've definitely seen it it's a star wars cake with a single candle on the top with um some some of the kenner figures standing around it at the top it says may the force be with you at the bottom it says one year old today you've definitely seen it and as i say uh, the poster includes um all but one actually of the first 12 action figures the jawas missing uh, presumably a way to get his cloak <laughs> refit. <laughs> um, what else has happened? In June, Lawrence Kasdan, on June the 15th, um, screenwriter Lawrence Kasdan, who has met with Lucas through Steven Spielberg, delivers his first draft script of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, exciting. What a film. What a tremendous film Raiders of the Lost Ark is. I absolutely love it. Uh, and Lawrence Kasdan did an incredible job with the, um, you know, writing that movie, the, the screenplay for that. Brilliant. Uh, during the lunch meeting, Lucas hires Kasdan to polish Lucas's second draft screenplay for The Empire Strikes Back. Um, Lee Brackett's script is discarded, unfortunately. You know, she's, she's just passed away. Uh, which is terribly sad and her script is discarded however her name stays on the credits because George Lucas liked that he says she was sick at the time she wrote it and she really tried her best so that was a nice touch from George Lucas keeping her name on the credits nice guy um, and, and there's a big movie released in June of 1978 um, not, not normally my type of movie if I'm honest but growing up with two sisters it was a movie I seen quite a lot um, and you know and, and having a, a wife and a, and a daughter uh, I, I used to st continue seeing it quite a lot not so much now because my daughter's uh, 16 she was 16 last week um, doesn't watch it as much now Greece Greece is the word 
and I know the words to all the songs, the dances, the lots. You know, that, this is what happens when you grow up with sisters. Uh, but, you know, let's be honest. It is a good film, isn't it? Uh, Grease, the movie adaptation of the hit Broadway musical, is released. And it's directed by Randall Kleiser, who was George Lucas's roommate at USC. And, of course, Grease stars John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. I do like it. <laughs> um, also in June, June the 27th to be exact, Star Wars number 16 um, introduces Valance, a former Imperial Stormtrooper officer of ruthless promise who is now a mercenary and bounty hunter with an intense hatred of droids. Written by Archie Goodwin, The Hunter is the Star Wars comic story in which the movie's principal characters are not prominently featured, appearing only in a one-page summary sequence. And I haven't read any of that, to be honest. I haven't I haven't read that one. Um, so that was June 27th. Now then, in July, uh, July the 21st, Star Wars sees its... And it's Star Wars at this point... Uh, boys and girls. It's not a new hope. It's <laughs> it's Star Wars. And, and an early sign, perhaps, of what was to come later on. Because it's it's the, the first re-release of the movie. Uh, and it includes an additional line of dialogue. That was originally in the script, but it wasn't in the movie the first time. C-3PO says... The tractor beam is coupled to the main reactor in seven locations. A power loss at one of the terminals will allow the ship to leave. So it wasn't in the original cut. If that line features in the uh, re-release, and the reason I say it's a sign of things to come, perhaps, is this is George having a little tinker again, isn't it? Oh, I'm saying again, this is the first time he's having a little tinker. Uh, because, of course, in the mid-90s, we get the special editions which spit, split the the fan base right down the middle didn't it with regards to the the new scenes and the extra dialogue and some of the special effects that were added in so the so on july 24th is the first re-release um there's a there's a bit here as well it says also in 1978 but it doesn't say which month palatoy they were great, weren't they? Palatoy. Some of the toys they brought out were tremendous. Palatoy releases a build-your-own cardboard Death Star. The playset is available in the UK, Australia, France, New Zealand and Canada. And it looks great. Again, it's something I never had uh, and, 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 and haven't had since. I've never actually seen it with my own eyes. But it looks incredible. The box looks great. And imagine if you're a kid getting that... Um, Wow, brilliant. Looks brilliant. I'm going to take a quick break there because I want to tell you about something and then we'll continue with Year by Year 1978. And that something is uh, a new app. It's a new podcast player app. And the reason I want to tell you about it is because my show is on it and uh, I don't want you, my valued listeners, to miss out because um, it's a new app called PodCoin. And PodCoin is the app that pays you to listen to this podcast and any other podcasts that you might enjoy. It's the podcast player that pays and it's available on iPhone or Android. It's free 
and it's really, really easy to use. Um, and the way it works is, as you listen to podcasts, you earn something called PodCoin. And you can use the PodCoin you earn to claim gifts or this is great, you can donate it to charity and it really is amazing. It turns your podcast listening into charity or if you like, get um, uh, uh, what is it? There's Amazon gift cards or Starbucks gift cards. Um, I use it now to do all my podcast listening and I've already had an Amazon uh, voucher. So the more you listen, the more you get, the more you get rewarded or the more you can give to charity. And if you go and download it now, it's PodCoin. The app is called PodCoin. You download it and register. And um, you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. And then I also have a code which you can put in, which is Geeky. G-E-E-K-Y. Geeky. And when you, when you register that code, you will get a bonus amount of PodCoin as well. So go and give it a try. Like I say, it's on iTunes and Android. Podcoin is the name of that app. All your other favorite um, podcasts are on there. And the more you listen, the more you get rewarded to claim vouchers for yourself or donate to charity. So back to 1978 in the history of Star Wars. And I told you that there was a load going on, didn't I? There's a hell of a lot going on. Um, so in August, the official Star Wars fan club distributes a membership kit that includes a charter membership card, a pin back metal badge, a cloth patch, the first issue of a bi-monthly newsletter, and two items, a triangular decal and poster featuring art by Ralph McQuarrie. Now, has anybody got any of these? These must be uh, tremendous collector's items. Um, and it says the first newsletter included a profile on Lucas and a bit of Star Wars trivia. After a contest in issue number two, the newsletter is retitled Bantha Tracks, a name proposed by fan club member Preston Possel. So well done, Preston Possel. Um, <laughs> it did a, it's a good idea, isn't it? Bantha Tracks, I like that. Um, in September of 1978, George Lucas bought um, 1700 acre land um, in Nicasio's Lucas Valley, California, between uh, Petaluma to the north and San Rafael to the south. Uh, I just received a package from San Rafael the other day, which I will be podcasting about in another episode. It's a review. Uh, I'll leave you with that little teaser. Um, and Lucas plans to use the land to develop a place that filmmakers can use as a creative retreat. So there you go. Um, Skywalker Ranch. <laughs> um, Battlestar Galactica. Oh, wow. September 17th. Battlestar Galactica premiered on ABC. And I loved Battlestar Galactica. Um, the Universal production boasted spacecraft designed by Ralph McQuarrie. That's probably why I loved it. And special effects by John Dextra. In later episodes, footage from Silent Running is recycled to add vegetation carrying aggro ships to Galactica's ragtag fleet. And it was brilliant, wasn't it? Uh, Battlestar Galactica. It was redone later on. 
Uh, but I've, I've never seen it. And I've had, actually, I've had lots of people tell me that it's actually a better version than the, than the original 70s version. Uh, I can't really comment because I haven't seen it, but I can't see it, to be honest, because this was brilliant. Um, you know, obviously, I watched it later on, and one of the reasons I enjoyed watching it was because um, the face man, Dirk Benedict, Templeton Peck from the A-team, was in it, and I loved him in the 80s. Um, but, you know, as a kid, loving things like Star Wars in the 80s, Battlestar Galactic, I was right up my street. Loved it. Um, also, in 1978, the 12-inch action figures come out, so it's a big year for the figures. They're already peddling the 9.5-centimetre uh, ones, bringing out the 12-inch action figures. And, um, oh, September 24th, Boba Fett makes his first public appearance at the San Anselmo Country Fair Parade in uh, San Anselmo, California, walking alongside Darth Vader, who was Kermit Ella. Now, remember, if you've listened to my last episode, the 1977 episode, um, Kurt, uh, Kermit Ella, the jammy so-and-so, um, the lucky little bugger got to got, uh, uh, play the part of Darth Vader, in these uh, public um, engagements. So he's walking alongside Darth Vader. The mysterious bounty hunter's battle-worn attire is substantially different from his original conception as a white-armoured super trooper. So people at the time must be thinking, who's he? (laughs) Who is he? Well, they wouldn't have long to find out who he was, actually, because in November, November the 17th, 1978, Uh, CBS aired the Star Wars Holiday Special. It was directed by Steve Bender and based in part on a story attributed to an uncredited Lucas. The show is described by Fox's production notes as a two-hour visual and audio delight. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. A two-hour visual and audio delight. Starring the cast from the hit motion picture Star Wars, along with special guest stars, in a live, animated, musical potpourri of pure entertainment, complete with astonishing electronic special effects. Well, I can agree with them there because it was astonishing, wasn't it? It was very astonishing. Highlights include Macquarie's matte paintings of the Wookiee homeworld Kashyyyk and an animated cartoon sequence that introduces Boba Fett. So there you go. That's why I said they wouldn't have long to find out who Boba Fett was because he features in um, the animation, uh, animation, sorry, the faithful Wookiee, which was part of the show. Um, in the special, Kashyyyk is pronounced as Kazook and is spelled that way in the script, reflecting Lucas's early notes on the Wookiee homeworld. The special is never rebroadcast or officially released on video. <laughs> I wonder why. Now, I'm not going to slate the holiday special because I'm a, I'm a positive Star Wars guy. I like anything to do with Star Wars. I'm very positive about it. Um, but I didn't like the holiday special, you know. Uh, I think I seen it on VHS when I was younger. Um, uh, I've seen it on YouTube when I'm older, and I just I didn't like it. It's some elements of it are 
cringe to say the least um but we got to see boba fett that's the main thing isn't it <laughs> um so what else in, in in so into december then um december the 15th the first laser disc player manufactured by philips uh, magnavox is released in atlanta georgia where it sells for 749 dollars What's that in today's money? Must be about a million quid. <laughs> uh, the manufacturers are immediately besieged by customer complaints of technical problems. The first laser disc title marketed in North America is drumroll Jaws. So there you go. But it was besieged by technical problems in December fifteenth. Uh, uh, an incredible movie was released and made a huge impression on me as a child and still does as an adult and I still maintain that this is the greatest superhero movie ever made. It is of course Superman the movie directed by the incredible, incredible Richard Donner and of course is based on the comic book hero created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster. Um, Marlon Brando was in it, Gene Hackman was in it, Christopher Reeve of course who played Superman uh, and did such an incredible job, I think. He's a brilliant Superman. But did you know he was the personal, his personal trainer for the role was David Prowse, our very own Darth Vader. Um, Superman also features Phil Brown, who was Uncle Owen in Star Wars. Um, and music by, of course, John Williams, that fantastic, that fantastic Superman title track. Um, at the start of the movie, just gets the hairs on the back of the neck standing up. It gets the goosebumps going. It really does. It's brilliant. I'm, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it now. Um, several members of Superman's production crew subsequently work on Empire, including John Barry, Norman Reynolds, Stuart Freeborn, and David Tomlin. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant movie. Also in 1978, um, Vehicles, we start getting some vehicles, action figure vehicles. Kenner releases the X-Wing TIE Fighter and Luke's Land Speeder in scale with their increasingly popular action figures. So I, I wouldn't have had this one, but later on in the 80s I did have an, an X-Wing and I had a TIE Fighter, I had Darth Vader's TIE Fighter as well, um, where the wing shot off. And I remember getting there for Christmas and just being crazy excited crazy exciting i remember me and my dad running around the living room um flying them around the living room on christmas morning good times star wars is released in japan on june the 30th uh, lucasfilm licensee takara releases many unique toys including a 20 centimeter which is eight inches tall c3po action figure and famously of course um, Kenner's first mail-away offer for a Star Wars action figure is Boba Fett, which is initially promoted with a rocket-firing backpack. And those early prototypes of the missile-firing Boba Fett figure undergo several safety changes <laughs> before being released in 1979. So Boba Fett, he, has, he hasn't even been in a movie yet, and he's already getting a bit of coverage in 1978. And just to finish on that, um, 
every year, um, the the artists at Lucasfilm, I've noticed, and and since I've been on Twitter, um, the last year or two, I've I've seen, I follow a lot of Lucasfilm artists, uh, and, and I've seen them share on Twitter um, the the company holiday card. And for over three decades, Star Wars iconography has been used to spread a little holiday cheer in new and unexpected ways. So the the, the talented, talented people at Lucasfilm designed their own um, holidays card, which is cute. And there's loads of pictures of them here in this book. And they are incredible, absolutely incredible. So that, my friends, was 1978 in the history of Star Wars. Another incredibly busy and interesting, I think. Yeah, I hope you found that interesting. Uh, I hope you've learned something, uh, which is kind of the aim of this, I suppose. Uh, I love talking about Star Wars, and I hope you're listening and enjoying and learning. And you may also be interested to learn that your number one movie of 1978, if you hadn't already guessed by the many, 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 many clues throughout this episode, it was, in fact, Greece beating out Superman. Can you believe it? It was Greece. Um, so as always, I'm going to end the episode with a look at some of the news events of that year. Um, so those include a bomb explodes at Sydney Hilton, Australia. Roman Polanski skips bail and flees to France. Charlie Chaplin's remains are stolen. Um, the Garfield comic strip debuts. Gay and lesbian solidarity march held in Sydney. Louise Brown is first test tube baby. And Double Eagle 2 is the first balloon to cross the Atlantic. So there you go. I hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. Um, I'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. Four jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil and a platinum filter is just $23.98. That's a great deal for a great oil, which is another reason why this is the most wonderful time of the year. That's Napa full synthetic oil and a platinum filter for $23.98. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General state's pricing. Sales prices do not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. While supplies last. Offer ends 12 15 19. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.